The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The Sports Grid Network. Everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock, and you can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Uh, in this episode of the podcast, uh, it's coming out on Tuesdays. This is our roster management podcast, so we are talking buys, sells, ad drops. We're going to look at some streaming quarterbacks, some streaming tight ends, some streaming kickers, and some streaming defenses. All of the important things that you need to get ready to manage your team for the upcoming week. Get ready for week two and start turning over your rosters. Uh, the first thing that I want to touch on, of course, is the waiver wire. This is going to come out before you guys are running your waiver wires. Uh, you know, this will be out before Tuesday night. You'll be able to listen to this and set your waiver claims. Uh, waiver claims for the FFPC are not until Wednesday night, uh, but uh, the three top candidates on the waiver wire this week are pretty obvious. Giovanni Bernard, Raheem Mostert, and Malcolm Brown. I would be pretty cool with over 30% of your fab on any of these guys or your number one overall waiver claim. Joe Mixon suffered a pretty serious ankle injury in Sunday's game against the Seahawks. Reports came out on Tuesday morning that maybe actually, you know, it's not crazy. Maybe he would even be able to come back in week two? I think probably not. I think anytime a running back gets an ankle sprain, even a low ankle sprain, probably more likely that they're going to take a week off. So, uh, And I actually think the Bengals' offense looked much better than expected. They had a crazy pass-to-run ratio, which is actually pretty solid for Giovanni Bernard, and he has 18 starts in his NFL career in 12 games with more than 15 carries. So I think pretty clearly any game where Giovanni Bernard starts when Mixon doesn't it is a good one. Raheem Mostert is going to be the beneficiary of Tevin Coleman suffering a high ankle sprain. Seems like best case scenario for Coleman at this point is him missing four games, and Matt Breida actually left Sunday's game to be evaluated for a concussion, so I think it's possible that he might not be 100% either. Mostert is a long-time uh, hashtag team preseason guy, has been really good in the preseason, was not a very good athlete, or was not was not uh, a very good producer, rather, at, uh, at Purdue, where he went to school, but was a really good athlete uh, at the Combine, ran a 4.440, so you know, I think, I think Mostert is going to be Fine. I think pretty clearly he's going to be in a complimentary role to Matt Breida. So, you know, not probably would not go super crazy on him unless you had a zero running back team where you just desperately needed bodies. And then, of course, Roto Experts' favorite, Malcolm Brown, is the other uh, top running back to be added. You know, another guy who I think is worth up to 30 to 40% of your total free agent uh, acquisition budget. Uh, yeah, he got 11 carries, played 21 snaps, scored two touchdowns against Carolina. I think that, uh, you know, there's just no reason to be shy about adding him. Uh, other guys who should absolutely be owned who are not owned in 100% of leagues, Dak Prescott, Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, Michael Gallup, Deshaun Jackson, John Brown. 
if any of those guys are not owned in your league, they they are guys who should be 100% owned in uh, you know in any league. So if they're if they're out there, you know I think Dak Prescott's probably like a top six seven quarterback going forward. So you know as, unless you have you know if you have Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, uh, you know anyone like that, I think I would drop them pretty easily. For Dak Prescott, some of the other guys who I think are clear ads. Most of these guys are wide receivers. I don't think that they are, you know, number one priority ads. If your league still does that, not guys I would go all in on in Fab. But uh, John Ross was the big uh, beneficiary of AJ Green being injured. He led the team in targets, had a 25% market share of the team's targets, and I think the fact that he just played well uh, and only, ha- you know, only had two drops for John Ross. I think all of that is going to be good for him going forward because he's a more dynamic athlete than Tyler Boyd is. So I I certainly would not think it would be impossible that John Ross leads the Cincinnati Bengals in receiving fantasy points over the course of the year. Uh, Next guy is Rex Burkhead. And and this is really only if your team has no running backs because I don't even think he's a good long-term hold because eventually Damian Harris is going to be active, but he was inactive in this game against the Steelers and Sonny Michelle played horribly. So, you know, he's kind of more of a short-term ad. I think Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman are are wide receivers. Like so, for example, uh, other waiver wire wide receivers: Marquise Brown, Jamison Crowder, uh, Danny Amendola, Randall Cobb, DJ Shark, Terry McLaurin. I, I think pretty clearly Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman are the best ads. I, I think some other sharp fantasy people have Terry McLaurin as the best waiver wire ad. But the fact that these two guys are going to be starting in uh, 11 personnel for the Chiefs, it just means they have a way higher ceiling. You know, I think Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Damian Williams, and maybe even LaShawn McCoy are going to be more involved than them. But the fourth and fifth options on the Kansas City Chiefs are really good fantasy football options because that team just scores so many fantasy points. And, uh, you know, we, we just want to target people in the Chiefs offense. It's why we targeted Sammy Watkins. It's why we targeted Damian. It's why we targeted David Williams. It's why we targeted Travis Kelsey and uh, Robinson and Hardman. These guys are on your wire, and both of them should be pretty cheap in your fab bidding, you know, provided you don't play in either a super sharp league or a super deep league. But uh, we really like both Robinson and Hardman. Uh, Marquise Brown. Uh, you know, I think I think a good target, uh, guys who are just that efficient, you, you know, th- that is a positive sign, especially someone who was drafted so highly. Jamison Crowder, I don't think he's going to see another 17 target game, especially when Christopher Herndon returns to the lineup. But, you know, if you're, well, Herndon, Crowder really just would not start for any of my teams because all of my teams are so wide receiver heavy, but I would understand if you took, you know, a really heavy running back approach, you drafted a quarterback early, maybe you drafted two tight ends early, I could see, or maybe your league starts three or four flexes, like certainly that is a possibility, Uh, but but guys like that who I don't think offer league winning potential and they're kind of just, you know... They're going to project between 7 and 10 PPR points per week. I don't think that they're guys you have to uh, add, basically. Some other guys who I think you could add, Ronald Jones, TJ Hawkinson. Probably Hawkinson goes for more fab than I'm willing to spend. That was the best ever debut by a rookie tight end. And, uh, you know, it's probably the easiest possible matchup. Uh, if Chris Thompson or Adrian Peterson is out there in your league, they could enter into that 30% of fab contingency. The thing that would stop them from entering it is those two are going to split work pretty much down the middle, depending on the uh, the game flow. And 
the Washington's just not very good. They're not going to score very many points. So even getting the top running back on Washington, like we didn't target Darius Geis in drafts because we didn't think Washington's offense was going to be very good. And th- that still applies to Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson, though I, I think a-, a big value in getting Thompson or Peterson off the wire is they immediately become pretty attractive assets in terms of trading. I think they're guys you could add into trades as like sweeteners right away, right after you get them off the wire. Some other guys I'm looking at in deep leagues, Randall Cobb, uh, you know, the Cowboys offense just looked like it was going to be the absolute best in the NFL. And, uh, you know, that that definitely matters. Randall Cobb played 71% of the snaps. That was more than either one of the running backs. That was more than Jason Witten, Blake Jarwin. So uh, he was he had the third most wide receiver snaps on the team. They played a ton of 11 personnel. That, that definitely matters to me. I, I think that that is really important. And if Randall Cobb, if the offense is going to be that good, that definitely matters. DJ Shark, someone that I really like in Dynasty. He caught all four of his targets uh, for over 100 yards and a touchdown. I don't think that Gardner Minshew being added to this offense is bad for him by any means. Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown, two guys with plus athleticism. I think they're in really non-ideal passing offenses. And basically, I just am not going to bid on them. I mean, maybe I would put like a like a 4% bid on both of them, but I don't really expect to get either one of them. And, you know, like, a, a, so let's compare the roster spot. Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown versus Marquise Goodwin, a late-round wide receiver who I was really high on. Rather have Marquise Goodwin, and that is just kind of that. And, of course, two-quarterback leagues, Gardner Minshew. Uh, if you are in a two-quarterback league that does waivers, uh, free agent acquisition budget, Minshew is a great example of a time to unload the clip right? Because you're not going to see that many starting... Well, you're going to see a good amount of starting quarterbacks come up, but you're not going to see ones who earn the job for the rest of the year, and you're not going to see very many who are good. And I think Gardner Minshew is good, and that that definitely makes it... He's got good wide receivers, and that team looks like they're going to... Well, I mean, they played the Chiefs, so can we really say it looks like they're going to trail a lot? Probably not. But uh, I certainly think that that is an interesting spot to consider for uh, your waiver wire. So that is all of our waiver wire discussions. That's kind of how I am planning on attacking things. Might do a little bit more waiver wire coverage uh, at some point when I get down to do the FFPC bids. Uh, Now let's go ahead and look at uh, some of our seasonal streamers. These are all going to be guys who are under 50% owned on Yahoo. So I guess, uh, you know, if if these guys are, if, if they're not available in your league, sorry, you know, sorry about it. Uh, obviously some of the strongest quarterback performances from week one, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Uh, I know Kyler maybe didn't play that well, but, uh, you know, obviously had a massively good game. Dak Prescott is not available in all, you know, he's not available in all leagues, but he's available in, uh, 17% of leagues on Yahoo. He would be one of my top priority ads. Some guys who are under 50% who have good matchups this week, Josh Allen at the Buffalo Bills. Not that he has a good matchup, but he's Josh Allen and he averages over 54 rushing yards in every start of his NFL career. Not that he's had over 54, but he averages that. So I think that that is pretty good. Uh, Gardner Minshew playing at Houston, we just saw that defense is not particularly stout. J.J. Watt did not get a quarterback hit or a tackle for the first time ever. I think that is sort of interesting. Andy Dalton just had the first 400 passing yard game of his career. 
plays against a San Francisco defense at home that, you know, I mean, that is a West Coast team traveling East, though I guess they did just do that against the Buccaneers. I don't think that Andy Dalton is as turnover prone as uh, as Jameis Winston is. And I think that the I think that uh, they will have a pretty healthy team total this week. So those are those are a couple of the quarterbacks that I'm looking at who are under 50% owned. Who I think, and, and I mean, I guess some of the other ones, if you're if you are really scraping for it, Jacoby Brissett at Tennessee. Uh, he was he was decent last week, 16 and a half fantasy points. Uh, Marcus Mariota on the other side of that game, uh, he did not he ran three times for 24 yards, so that is a little bit of an encouraging thing for me. Uh, guys like Case Keenum, Eli Manning, uh, you know. And it is, it's just crazy. I, I'm, so I'm looking at it on Yahoo right now. Case Keenum, 3% owned. He scored 30 fantasy points last week. Even Eli Manning, 4% owned, 16 fantasy points last week. Joe Flacco is owned in 7% of leagues. He had 15 fantasy points in a loss. So the quarterback position just remains as deep as ever. And, uh, you know, if you don't have Lamar Jackson, if you don't have Kyler Murray, if you don't have Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, just, just don't panic. You're, you're not going to lose your league based on the, uh, the strength of that. So I think I think you are going to be okay. Now, looking at some of the streamers at the tight end position, uh, finding guys who you want to start who are under 50% owned at this position is sort of interesting. I wonder if people are going to be still bidding like crazy on Jimmy Graham coming off of that uh, six-target, three-catch, 30-yard, one-touchdown performance. Uh, he's 48% owned on Yahoo. TJ Hawkinson is 53% owned. He had nine targets, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Hawkinson's probably a guy that I'm un- like I'm not going to bid on him because I'm not going to bid the you know $40 of a $100 cap that it's going to take to get him. He's a rookie tight end. He had a he had a great game. There's no there's no denying that he had a great game. But I think I you know I would rather roster Greg Olson. I would much rather roster Darren Waller. Darren Waller is a guy who if he is on your wire uh, I mean, that's a starting tight end for the rest of the year. I, I would put him up there with Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Jared Cook, uh, OJ Howard. Like, seriously, I, I think he is going to be that good for fantasy. Played 100% of the team snaps, 8 targets, 70 yards, didn't even find the end zone, and uh, still had a good fantasy day. Uh, Jordan Reed and Jack Doyle, uh, if Jordan Reed comes back to the lineup this week, I think he's going to cut out some of that Terry McLaurin work, and I think that he will be interesting. How's this for funny? Rob Gronkowski is still owned in 26% of Yahoo leagues. I think I would rather start Jack Doyle at Tennessee. Uh, He was on the field a good bit. And, uh, you know, just didn't kind of convert it in terms of targets. He, he was on the field 68% of the time. That was 28% more than Eric Ebron's 40% of the snaps. So that, that to me is still, you know, pretty much an every down player at the, uh, at the tight end position. I would consider him one of the best tight end streamers. Even someone like, uh, I mean, I hate, I hate to say it, but, uh, Tyler Eifert was a really effective player uh, for the Bengals and is going to get this home matchup. He had six targets, only caught five of them, and only for 27 yards. But it seemed like he was being used kind of more in the red zone. I would consider him a pretty decent spot starter. Actually, I would consider Eifert a decent spot starter kind of every week until uh, you know until he gets hurt. Like uh, you know, and that that really is uh, about 
that's as kind as I can say it about him. You know, he only... Actually, he played 49% of the snaps, which is way more than I thought he was going to. You know, for comparison, on the other side, you know, Will Disley, who was supposed to be the starting tight end for the Seahawks, only played 51%. Uh, Tyler Higby might be an interesting add. Five targets, 20 yards, and a touchdown. The Titans played way more 10 personnel uh, this season than they did last year. And... Uh, you know, I mean, that might end up, because that offense is so good, that might end up making him fantasy relevant. I, I would consider him a start only in the absolute deepest of leagues. Uh, now looking at some of the defensive streamers, obviously the best streamer is going to be the New England Patriots defense. They are owned in 81% of leagues, but I'm looking at a league right now where I have the ability to add them against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm going to put a pretty big bid on them because they play against the Miami Dolphins, and playing against the Miami Dolphins is about the best possible spot that a defensive streamer can be in. Kansas City at Oakland is another good one. Uh, the Kansas City defense is just going to always have opportunities for sacks, uh, interceptions, defensive special teams, touchdowns, simply because they force other teams to play from behind so often. So I think that they are a pretty good streamer. The Carolina Panthers defense at home to Tampa Bay, they are only owned in 8% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. I would consider them, uh, other than the Patriots, Probably the top defensive streamer ad this week. I think that they are in an elite spot playing against Jameis Winston, who, you know, he's not going to throw two pick sixes every week, but that dude absolutely loves to, uh, to you know, create defensive special teams turnovers. And, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of kickers, uh, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and see what we have here. Now, of course, at the kicker position, you know, guys like Harrison Buckhurst, 17 points in week one. Steven Goskowski, 16 points in week one. Greg Zerline, 15 points. Will Lutz, 15 points. So you'd say, you know, all oh, that's pretty chalk. Then you see Zane Gonzalez, 1% owned. Cairo Santos, 1% owned. And you understand why people, uh, you know, they don't like to pay up for kickers. Uh, some guys who are going to be good streaming options in this, uh, this upcoming week. Matt Bryant at home to Philadelphia in a dome. Mike Badgley got dropped in a lot of leagues, but if he comes back for the Chargers, he plays at Detroit. That is going to be a pretty good option. Chris Boswell at home to Seattle, a decent uh, streaming option. Brandon McManus, uh, probably you wouldn't be interested in him from like a point spread perspective, uh, but he is sort of interesting. Austin Siebert, uh, you got to assume that the Cleveland Browns are going to be better on offense. They're going to have a much better team total this week. At the uh, at the Jets, and then Giorgio Tavecchio, if he uh, comes back for well, really whoever the Atlanta kicker is, whether it be Matt Bryant or Giorgio Tavecchio, either one of them uh, are going to be a good streamer against Philadelphia, and those guys combined are are just not owned on Yahoo. So the fact that they are are unowned kickers is definitely good. Probably you're not having to spend fab on your kickers though, so I would uh, I would suggest you to come back to RotoExperts.com. A little bit later in the week where I will have a quarterback, a tight end, kicker, and defensive streamers fully fleshed out in the premium side of the website. Uh, but that is going to do it here for uh, our, our roster management, our transaction podcast on the SportsGrid Fantasy Football Network. I hope that that uh, got you in a better place to set your teams up for the upcoming week and uh, make sure to come back for the rest of this week for the rest of our fantasy content.